Welcome, it's Tim from NPO Sports Podcast. We have decided to put together some in-between short discussion episodes or specials in between our normal format. So it will fall within the usual three weeks um, thereabouts that we have in between episodes. On this occasion, Aaron will be discussing the NFL draft and other matters around that which took place, I believe, just the other day. Aaron's quite excited to put it together, and um, depending on how this is received by our audience, it could be an ongoing thing where we do a few different um, topics in this format in, in between episodes. So strap yourself in and have a listen to Aaron's thoughts, and yet again, he will tell you at the end of the uh, episode, or special, I should say, that um, you can reach out to us on social media and that might be a way for you to actually put together some ideas that could be used in this format. Anyway, this is Tim from MPO Sports Podcast, throwing you over to Aaron. Enjoy his discussion. Welcome to the MPO Sports Podcast recap and review of round one of the NFL draft which took place earlier today. I'm flying solo tonight and what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through initially the top 12 picks of the draft and just give a quick recap there and then just go through some of the things that happened and my thoughts on some of the picks and probably some of the stories that come out of the draft as well. Um, what I will do to start with is I'll just talk about the NFL draft as a spectacle because um, we know the, the AFL for, has tried to sort of copy a um, bit of what the NFL have done in terms of making the draft in an event um, and that sort of thing. Um, the big difference though is that with the NFL draft, college football is absolutely massive over in America and there's actually a lot of areas and states that um, college football is bigger than NFL itself. So the thing that works for them is with the college football scene being so big, a lot of the the people that are invested in the draft, the viewers, they actually know the players. So unlike the AFL draft over here where everyone pretends to know what's going on and they like to think they're a bit of a guru. College football gets played on TV over there all the time. So the average punter knows the players that are getting drafted. They know a bit about them. They know their positions. They know what they can and can't do. And they you can get invested. And that's what makes it so big. So if the AFL did try to do something like that and make the draft the event that they want it to be, um, they really need to look at promoting your state leagues, your waffle, VFL, Sandful. Um, and also the TAC Cup, so people can get invested in in the players, not only just as a talent, but um, as people themselves, because they go to college for three or four years, you actually get to know a bit about the people. They've got their own brand, a lot of them, um, by the time it comes to the draft as well. Enough on that, I'll get into the start of the draft, and 
when we woke up this morning, um, the big news breaking that um, Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers actually wants out of Green Bay. He's been there for 16 years, and um, yeah, the news was broken by Adam Schefter that um, Aaron Rodgers has told the Packers that he wants out, so that got a lot of people buzzing um, of what might happen. Um, some top teams in the draft might have looked to trade out. Apparently, San Francisco, they had the third pick. They they made an inquiry about um, just how possible it could have been to get Rodgers, um, but nothing eventuated there. Um, but there still could be more to come from that. Um, and Rodgers is a bit, obviously a bit disgruntled. And once again, um, the Packers failed to get him a receiver in the first round, which probably only adds to his frustrations. Um, enough of that anyway. So I'll just quickly run through the top 12 picks. I won't go into too much detail. I'll just read out who had the pick, who they picked, um, and then I'll get into a bit more uh, detail a bit later on. Um, so a lot of people would have tuned in on ESPN to watch the draft and unfortunately it dragged on a bit. Um, we have, haven't had any NFL for a long time. Jacksonville had the number one pick, but they, they want to make it a TV event. So it dragged on and on and on. And it was about half an hour or so into the telecast that, uh, the, the pick was actually announced. Um, what I did like about what they did with the draft, though, is um, Roger Goodall, the, the um, CEO, if you like, of the NFL, he um, said that it was good to have the fans back there in Cleveland where the draft was held, which was good. Made a bit more atmosphere um, than last year, obviously, with them doing it over over Zoom. So they actually had players there. They had fans there, which was good. Um, but what they did, they for each first-round pick, they actually got a... Um, a fan from the crowd of each team on stage as the pick was announced. So, look, probably didn't mean much to a lot of people. But I just thought it was a good touch from the NFL to say, look, yep, we miss the fans. The fans are a big part of what we do, and we're glad to have them back. Um, so, we'll be finally getting fans back into into the stadiums um, when the season kicks off later in the year. So, it was just a good acknowledgement from the NFL that. The, the fans are a big part of what they do. Uh, so at pick one, Jacksonville, worst kept secret. Uh, they took Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson. Pick two, the New York Jets took Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. Those, those two picks had been locked in a long time ago. There was no surprises there. Um, San Francisco 49ers at pick three. They took Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State. Atlanta Falcons were up next. They took Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Cincinnati Bengals at five took Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. Miami had the next pick. They took another wide receiver out of Alabama, Jalen Waddle. Detroit were very happy with their pick. They picked up. Penay Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. The Panthers picked up J.C. Horn, a cornerback from South Carolina. The Broncos picked up Patrick Sertain, cornerback from Alabama. The Eagles moved up to get the Heisman Trophy winner, Devonta Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. 
Chicago Bears traded up from 20 to number 11 to grab Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. And the Cowboys picked up, in my opinion, probably the best defensive player available in the draft at pick 12, Micah Parsons, a linebacker from Penn State. So there was a fair bit happening there in the top 12 picks. Um, a lot of the talk coming into the draft was surrounding the quarterbacks as it is most years. So we ended up seeing quarterbacks go with the first three picks. Um, that's the first time that's happened in about 22 years. 1999 was the last time I think that happened. Um, we saw four quarterbacks go in the top 11 and five in the top 15. So... Um, as expected, it was a pretty heavy quarterback draft at the top end. Um, the biggest story coming out of, of those picks was uh, San Francisco 49ers taking Trey Lance from North Dakota State with the third pick. Um, There's a lot of conjecture about who they were going to take with that pick when they moved up in the draft. Um, They initially had pick 12, if you remember, and then they did a trade, two trades, sorry, to move up to pick three. So um, there was a lot of of rumours about who they might take, whether it be Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones. Um, I never actually believed the Mac Jones hype. I know there was a lot of people that bought into that. Um, He was the favourite with the bookies to go there. Um, But... I just didn't get the hype around him personally. He um, he's he's just a pocket quarterback. Um, and look, I, I say just a pocket quarterback. Um, he's probably the most accurate passer of the draft um, in terms of you know in, inside his range. He doesn't have a big cannon as an arm, and he 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 can't get the ball you know downfield as much as some of the other guys can. Um, but yeah, he's very good in the pocket and very accurate. Um, but I just didn't think that you'd, you'd trade all the way up and give up as much as the Niners did to get a quarterback like that. Um, my, my pick from a long time ago, um, was Trey Lance. I've been talking him up for a long time. I really like, like the look of him. He's very raw. He's still only 20 years old. He's only played 17 games at college level, but, um, and he's, he opted out last year as well um, with all the COVID stuff. So he, he hasn't played in a while. But his last full season, he threw 43 touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, so he can he's, he's a good enough pocket passer. He's got a very big arm. He moves well. Um, he does like to, to run when the play breaks down. Um, sort of a bit like Lamar Jackson. But he's, he's actually a reliable enough passer. Um, and in our last episode, um, when we were talking about the uh, the NFL, I, I did say that I thought he'd go up pick three. Um, we'll get back to the top of the order though. Trevor Lawrence, um, Jacksonville, as soon as they knew they were getting the number one pick, we knew who, who they'd take. Um, he, he's been touted as the number one pick ever since he finished high school. So, I mean, we've known, and people that follow the game and at the college level as well, I've known for about three years that he'd probably be the number one pick this year. Um, he's just got all the tools to be a great quarterback. Um, and he's landed at Jacksonville, who, despite only having the one win last season, are actually in not too bad a spot. They've got a, a new coach. They've got a, 
lot of draft picks, um, and they've got a good enough team around them. So I think they'll they'll jump up very quickly. They might go from one win last season to look. Wouldn't surprise me if they got to six, seven, or eight wins. Really, I think they've got a good enough team. Um, Urban Meyer comes in as the coach. He's he's uh, just been a fantastic coach at um, college level for a long time, and now he's uh, got his chance at NFL level. So I think they're going to be in a good spot there. Um, they'll jump up very quickly, and it'll be a while before we see them picking at their top order of the draft again. Um, the Jets took Zach Wilson um, at number two, which wasn't a surprise. As soon as they traded Sam Darnold out um, a couple of weeks ago, it was obvious that they were going there. Um, I'm not actually sold on Zach Wilson personally. Um, look, he'll, he'll probably be a, a handy enough quarterback, but I think they would have been better off sticking with Sam Darnold. The only difference is between Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold is with all the picks that the Jets have got over the next couple of years, Zach Wilson will actually be given the protection that a quarterback needs. And he'll also be given the receivers that a quarterback needs to succeed. So I don't think Sam Darnold's actually a a bad quarterback. Um, I just don't think that the Jets invested him and didn't give him a chance. They, they really set him up to fail, I think. Um, but they've got a new coach in as well. So it'd be interesting to see what they, they do there and how well they go. Um, I think their, their rebuild will take a bit longer than Jacksonville's, but I think they're probably you know two, three years away from maybe being back in the playoffs if all goes well for them. Um, we did see a couple of trades on draft day. So the Eagles moved up from number 12 to number 10 and the Bears traded up from number 20 to number 11. Um, and the Eagles surprised me a little bit that trade because they actually traded with the Cowboys. Um, and it's very strange to see teams inside the same division trading with each other. Um, especially so early in the draft and at the top end in the in the first round because you you generally generally not going to try and help them out if you can avoid it. So um, from my perspective as an Eagles fan, I think it worked out perfectly. I could not be happier with the pick that we got. We got Devontae Smith um, from Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, so he he was judged the best college player last year. Um, so We've got Jalen Hurts at, at quarterback now, um, and we've got two two first-round draft picks as wide receivers the last two years. So hopefully we don't sit down the bottom of the division for too much longer, but um, it's interesting year ahead. And the good thing about the draft as well is it doesn't matter if your team won the Super Bowl or if they finished, finished dead last and had the number one pick or finished middle of the pack. The draft everyone's got a bit of excitement. Everyone's got a bit of optimism. Um, and if you get the players you want, that that energy sort of follows follows you and your team into, into round one or week one when the season starts up. Unfortunately, it's a long way away yet, but um, the draft is enough to get us excited and keep us interested. Um, there's a few surprises 
in the first round, which I want to go through as well. Uh, first one for me was I, I thought the Bengals would have taken a offensive tackle, um, and the best one available was Penny Sewell from Oregon. Now, I thought he would have been a lock to go to the Bengals. Um, they've got Joe Burrow coming back um, as quarterback, potentially from week one. Depends how he recovers from his knee injury, but um, from all reports, he should be tracking for for a start week one. Um, he got sacked 32 times in 10 games last year before he did his injury. And I just thought that um, given that was the case, the Bengals probably would have looked to get him some protection and maybe give him some more time with the ball, which will open up more options for him. Um, but they've gone with Jamar Chase. Um who's regarded as the best receiver. He also opted out um, of the last college season, but from all reports, he would have been the first wide receiver to pick of each of the last two drafts anyway. And if you cast your minds back to last last year's, it was a very, very heavy draft with a lot of um, quality wide receiving talent. So um, I, I can see why the Bengals took him, um, given that, the wraps on him as a receiver are as high as they are, but I just I just thought that given the choice between a receiver in the first round, because you can get quality receivers in rounds two, three, and four, um, you're not going to get the same sort of talent with a offensive tackle um, in the later rounds. So for me, if you've got a choice between tackle or a receiver in the first round you take that that tackle or get the protection for your quarterback because the talent falls away quicker with the tackles after round one than it does with the receivers um and i've mentioned penny soul um a fair bit but the big surprise was him sliding all the way down to number seven. Um, the Dolphins probably could have taken him at pick six as well, but they also passed on him um, and just fell right into the Lions' hands at um, number seven, which they couldn't have been happier. Like That would have been, been their ideal situation, their ideal scenario. Um, they probably couldn't even believe that he fell that low to them. Um and they've, they've got a new quarterback as well, Jared Goff. They did the trade um, with the Rams that sent Matt Stafford over to LA. So they'll get a lot more protection for Goff and um, he'll have more time in the pocket. Um, so that's a win for them as well. Um, I thought the Panthers at um, pick eight would have taken another offensive tackle in Rashawn Slater. But they they went and got J.C. Horn, which was another surprise in itself. He's a, as I said, he's the cornerback from South Carolina, and um, from all reports, um, Patrick Sertain was the the highest rated cornerback. Um, but obviously, the Panthers seen something in J.C. Horn that they like, and um, they're happy to uh, take him um, with their first pick and show up their secondary. Now. As I said, Sertain has had the wraps on him as being the number one corner, but um, JC Horn's every bit as good as good as um, Sertain, and 
probably probably more inclined to be ready-made. I think Patrick Sertain's a little bit more raw, whereas JC Hand's probably a bit more refined. So the ceiling for Sertain is probably higher, but Horn is just um, ready-made, I think, um, to slot straight into the Panthers' side there. Um, we look further down as well um, while we're looking at the surprises. The Jags, they had the first pick, um, but they also had um, a pick around about 24, I think it was. They took a running back. Um, they took the best running back available as well. Now, I say he's the best one available, but it was the best one available to them after the Steelers took one at 24. The Jags took Travis Etienne from Clemson at 25. Now, why this was surprising to me is last season they had James Robinson. He was an undrafted free agent. Um, as I've said before, they only won the one game last year, but James Robinson ran for over a 1,000 yards in his rookie year and for a one-win team. Um, they also had Carlos Hyde, who ran for over 800 yards. Um and I, I just don't see why you'd need three running backs, but um, they've obviously seen something that they like in Etienne, so um, they're happy to have taken him. And another surprise as well down the lower end of the the first round was the New Orleans Saints. They took um, another defensive end um, in Peyton Turner. Now, don't get me wrong, he's, he's a very, very good pass rusher, but that get now gives them eight defensive ends on their roster, and they've only got four cornerbacks. Um, so I understand that they wanted to go defense, um, but yeah, their their secondary's um, probably a bit bit short again. So uh, be interesting to see why they've done that or how they they're going to make it all work. But it just eight defensive ends and only four cornerbacks. Like as I said, if you if you're going to go defense, that's one thing, but um, would have thought that they've got other needs um, given that they already had seven of them on their roster. Um, there's a few sliders as well as there is with any draft. Um, there's always always a few guys that are rated highly that slide down. Um, so the first one that stuck out to me was Caleb Farley. Now, he's a cornerback um, out of Virginia Tech. He was rated as one of the, well, probably even 12 months ago, um, the the highest rated cornerback coming up for this draft. But uh, he, it's quite funny, really. He, he had back surgery um, last year. Um, so there was um, some concerns over his fitness coming into the last college season anyway. But he opted out. Um, with all the COVID protocols, he was a bit worried about about that, and also with his injury um, to his back, so he opted out. Um, but while he was recovering from his back surgery, he um, hurt his back again, lifting weights. Had to have another surgery on his back, um, and also during the season, he also caught COVID. So he he was worried about aggravating his injury and catching COVID. So he opted out and um, he ended up doing both those things anyway. Um, 
And another slider, Quiddy Pay, um, defensive end from Michigan. He was talked about as potentially a top 10 or 12 pick, um, and he ended up sliding um, all the way down to number 21 for the Indianapolis Colts. So that's a massive win for them. They, uh, they've they got a very good player there. Um so it'll be interesting to see how, how they look next season. They've obviously got Carson Wentz now as their quarterback. Um, they'll be, I'd suggest they're probably a dark horse um, for the AFC title, to be honest. I've, I'm a bit, bit excited about what they can do coming into the season ahead. Uh, the Steelers, another notable uh, team worth mentioning. Um they picked up Najee Harris, um, a, a running back. So it's, it's a position that they've probably not neglected but um, haven't prioritised for a while. Um, so I think that's a good get for them, especially with Ben Roethlisberger apparently coming back for another season. Um, it gives them another option in the offence rather than just using um, Big Ben's big arm. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. The the Steelers pride themselves on their defense, um, especially against the run. So it'll be interesting to see how they can hurt teams with the run um, if they invest in Najee Harris and um, he he can come along and uh, be as big a player and performer for them as as they hope to be um, as the the number one running back of this year's draft class. Now, I just want to move on to another few talking points that I've got listed here. Um, <clears throat> now, we go back to the top of the order. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, as I said, they took Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. Um, there's big, big raps on this bloke. Um, as a tight end, he moves like a wide receiver. Um, so... He, uh, he could cause a lot of problems. He's going to be a massive asset to the Falcons because he's going to cause a lot of mismatches with the defences that they come up against um, just because of his size and the way he moves at that position. Um, one, once he gets a bit of space and gets downfield, I think he's probably going to be too big for the, the safeties um, and corners to cover him. Um I just think yeah, he's, he's going to be too big, too strong. And um, for those those deep threat balls coming over the top, I think he's going to win more of those than he loses. So the Falcons are excited by him, obviously. Um, and there's a bit of talk that Julio Jones might be traded as well. So they obviously need another big talent receiver. Um, they moved up in draft a long time ago. I can't remember how many years ago it was when Julio Jones... Um, was was eligible because um, they seen him as a generational talent and um, thought that they'd be able to uh, capitalise on that. Um, and look, they, they only proved themselves right because he's going to be in the Hall of Fame for sure. And they'll be hoping that they, they've got another one here in Kyle Pitts. And it's a big show of faith in Matt Ryan as well. He's about 36 years old now. Um, and he was uh, MVP of the league about five years ago. So it's a big show of faith in him that they've gone and got him another receiver. So you'd imagine they'd stick with him for a couple of years. 
Um, and getting back to Kyle Pitts, as I said, he's, he's probably going to be too big for the, the secondaries to cover, but I think he's also going to be too fast and mobile for the linebackers. So that's just a, a great asset that the the Falcons now have themselves. Um, and then we move on to the Cowboys. Now, they, as I said earlier, they did the trade with the Eagles, so they moved from 10 down to 12 which allowed the Eagles to jump in front of the Giants. And it was interesting, um, this draft, because before it started, we had picks 10, 11, and 12 were the Cowboys, the Giants, and then the Eagles. Um, So we had the NFC East picking three selections in a row. Um, But I think once the Eagles moved up to pick 10, it was obvious to the... Um, Giants that it was to get Devontae Smith, which they would have been very keen on themselves um, and they would have hoping that they could have got him at 11. Um, But once they moved up, they obviously knew that that's what it was for. And then when they announced the pick, um, they they moved down to pick 20 um, because they obviously knew that they couldn't get their first choice um, receiver, but they ended up getting... Kadarius Tony anyway with their picket number 20 so they got and he, he's from Florida sorry so they ended up getting a, a high-end wide receiver anyway so they traded back um, they get a bit more draft capital so it's a win for them as well um, and yeah I'll get back to the Cowboys now for so long they've they've neglected their defense a little bit in the first round um, last year they took another receiver when they already had had more than enough talented receivers. Um, and in my opinion, they went and got the uh, at pick twelve. They took Micah Parsons from Penn State. He's a linebacker. In my opinion, um, he's probably the best defensive player of this draft. So, look, they they did trade back. They allowed the Eagles to jump up and get the player they wanted, but. They've, they've done very well here to get Micah Parsons at, at number 12. So they'll be very impressed with that. And then I imagine that in the in the later rounds, um, over the next day or so, um, they will look to probably see if they can't get themselves a cornerback. So um, from a from a Cowboys fan perspective, which, which as you should all be aware by now that Tim is, um, he should be happy that they're addressing their defense. And, um, yeah, as I said, they've, they've traded back a couple of picks and, and got the best defensive player in the draft. Now, going back to the quarterback, um, the quarterback mess that we had, well, not mess, but uh, uncertainty, um, especially surrounding the 49ers and what they do with pick three there. As, as I've said earlier, Mac Jones was the one that was the bookie's favourite to be taken. Um, not sure why, but that, that's what happened. Um, well, that, that's what was talked about, but it never happened. Um, he's, he's ended up going to the New England Patriots at pick number 15. And once, once the 49ers selected... Trey Lance is there, pick at pick three. I thought there was a big chance that Mac Jones would slide all the way down to number 15 for the 
Patriots unless someone moved ahead of them. But I think um, the Patriots just read the room and they knew what was going on. They knew what teams were in front of them, who they'd likely pick, and they they were pretty confident that they could just sit there at pick 15 and get the quarterback for them. Um, and like I said previously, Mac Jones is more of the, the pocket quarterback, um, which is actually the, the Tom Brady type of quarterback. He's not not overly athletic. He doesn't have the massive arm. But, you know, when he's throwing the ball 20 to 25 yards or, or even less, um, he's a very accurate passer and he can read the pocket very well, um, which is interesting because the, the Patriots have had Cam Newton as their quarterback last season. They've re-signed him again for this season. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what Belichick does with Mac Jones going forward and because um, we know what he's done with Tom Brady in the past. And I think Mac Jones is a little bit like Tom Brady. Um, obviously, it's a bit bit much to be comparing to that, but I'm just talking in terms of um, what assets they have and their natural ability and their limitations. And we know that Bill Belichick has been able to implement the perfect system for that type of quarterback. Um, so we'll find out... Um, if Belichick can replicate that system with Mac Jones or if if Tom Brady was in fact the the system. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is again the perfect scenario for the Patriots. I think that they would have been eyeing off Mac Jones a long time ago. Um, and they'd be wrapped that they got him here. And I think a lot of Patriots fans will be very happy with with who they've got here and what what might be ahead for them because they'll have a lot of their players that opted out, which was mostly on the defensive side. They opted out of last season um, with all the COVID concerns. So they're going to get a lot of good players back, especially on defense. Um, And I I would imagine that Cam Newton is going to start at quarterback for them, but Mac Jones is just the perfect Bill Belichick quarterback. Um, so Patriots fans will probably be uh, quite optimistic about this pick here. Um, one other guy I just want to talk about quickly is Rashawn Slater. He's the offensive tackle from Northwestern. I mentioned him before. Um, he slid a little bit. He could have been a top 10 pick. Um, but things didn't fall that way. I thought the Panthers may have taken him at number eight, um, and he probably would have been a top 10 pick if, and gone to the Lions at number seven if the Bengals or Dolphins had have taken Penne Sewell, but he slid down to the Chargers at pick 13, um, and I think the Chargers would be very happy with that. They're they're building a nice team there. Um, They've obviously got Justin Herbert, who come in at quarterback for them last season, a bit earlier than expected, but uh, he set all sorts of quarterback records for rookies, and you can never go wrong by giving your quarterback more protection. So I think the Chargers have had a big win there, and they'd be very happy with the player that they've got in the first round there. Um, and I think that that's it there for the most part of what I wanted to talk about and I just had um, a question 
that was sent through to our Twitter page in regard to to the draft. And it comes from someone who's uh, quite interactive with us um, in the Twitter world, Nick Corona. And you can find him at NAC, N-A-K underscore 98 on Twitter. Um, so head over and give him a follow. Um, he's asked, who was the biggest surprise pick and which of the top quarterbacks will start from week one? Um, now, you'd be pretty confident that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are definite starters. Um, yeah, there's no way they won't be starters for their teams. Uh, Trey Lance, um, I've said all along that I thought he'd go to San Francisco. I still believe he'll sit out. The plan will be for him to sit out the year, um, but depends on what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. They might try and get Trey Lance in earlier, but my expectation would be Trey Lance will not be starting um, any games really this season because I think the, the 49ers still believe that they're uh, with their players coming back, they'll get um, Bosa back Um on defense as well, who they missed a lot. They had a lot of injuries too last season, so a lot of those guys will come back and they'd fancy themselves um, to have another crack at the Super Bowl. So Jimmy Garoppolo, I would expect, would start and probably finish the season. Um, And Trey Lance can just sit for a year, learn the system, get used to NFL, what he needs to do um, and, and their system and how it works, and he'll take over and then... Uh, the following season. Um, I, the interesting one for me is Justin Fields at the Bears. Now, they've already got Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, so they're committed to both of them um, in terms of contracts and salary cap. Um, but as we know, Nick Foles, and as an Eagles fan, it annoys me that people still go on about Nick Foles and they talk about him as the best quarterback that we've ever had. But in all honesty, he's a career backup that got hot for four or five weeks and played the best game he's ever played in a Super Bowl. And credit to him. Um, if you're going to play your best game, you play it in your biggest game, and he did that. Um, but let's not kid ourselves. He's he's a career backup. Um, he's not, a, not talented enough to start. Um, but as far as backups go, he's, he's as good as a backup as you could want. Um, and much the same with Andy Dalton. I think he proved last year going from the Bengals to the Cowboys when he was called upon. He's, he's probably not a starter anymore. So I'm not sure if Justin Fields will start for the Bears, but I would say... If I had to pick, I'd say Andy Dalton would probably be the starter. Um, they'll give him maybe three or four weeks, see how he goes. And if if they're not happy, then I think Justin Fields comes in. Um, and he could very well finish the season as the Bears' starting quarterback. But I don't think he will start their season as the starter. And getting back to the first part of your question, Nick, you asked... Who was the biggest surprise pick? Um, there was a couple of them. Um, Jamar Chase surprised me. 
Um, I thought they would go to look to pick someone to protect their quarterback. Uh, but I think the biggest surprise was probably um, the Panthers taking JC Horn. Um, yeah, I just I just think he, as I said, he's a very very good cornerback. But I thought that um, he would be the second corner picked behind um, Patrick Sertain. All in all, though, I don't think there was too many surprises from from the draft. I think there was a f- the the top twelve players were probably the consensus top twelve, but maybe not in the order that they were picked. Um, and then yeah, with the the Eagles and Bears trading up, um, just just the teams that they went to were probably um, differentiated a bit from what might have been the consensus going in um, and just one other thing that I wanted to mention as well in my notes here it was just interesting to see with the wide receivers that did get picked early on um, there was a bit of a theme there it looked like the teams were trying to reunite their their starting quarterbacks with their receivers that they had at um, college level so Jamar Chase obviously at the Bengals he went to college at LSU, where also Joe Burrow finished his his college career and where he was the number one pick, so they get reunited there. Um, the Dolphins, they've got Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback. Um, he went to Alabama. They've gone and got Jalen Waddle from Alabama. So just a bit of familiarity there, I think, with uh, with the quarterbacks, um, especially being the young quarterbacks as well. And um, the Eagles have done the same, getting Devonta Smith from Alabama and um, teaming him up with Jalen Hurts, who was also um, at Alabama for a couple of years. So, um, yeah, it looks like the, those three teams were just, they're investing in their young quarterbacks. Um, and they're giving them a chance, they're giving them an option, they're giving them a weapon, um, and there's just a bit of familiarity there. So they know they know each other a little bit there, the quarterbacks and the receivers. So um, probably a little bit less work that they need to do in the off-season, and um, they're obviously happy that, um, that that little bit of familiarity can can get them up to that NFL standard a bit quicker and be more impactful. Um, and I think we've now reached the end of this NFL special, so I hope uh, you've enjoyed it and you haven't got too sick of my voice. Um, and the next time you'll hear my voice, you'll uh, also get a break from it and you'll get to also hear from Mel and Tim. So thanks for tuning in, and if you can uh, give us a follow on Twitter at MPO Podcast and search for us on M- at MPO Sports Podcast on Facebook as well. And if you can like and share our posts on there as well, that'll help us build the following. So thanks for tuning in, guys.